Greetings from Detroit. You're listening to One Record. My name is Mike Dukevich. I collect records from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. A lot of my collection is music from Detroit that most people haven't heard. It's obscure music now more than 50 years later, though at the time it was released, the artists and labels that produced it often had every aspiration of making hit records that sold millions of copies. Well, that didn't happen for one reason or another. And when I listen to these records, I'm always so curious how they came to exist and what happened to prevent them from finding success. Most times any information available on this music is minimal, incomplete, or limited to second, third, fourth hand sources. Well, this project aims to change that. Each episode of this show will focus on a single record from my collection, and we'll hear from the artists themselves, sometimes for the first time, as they share their stories and reflect on making music in Detroit half a century ago. This is the first episode of One Record, featuring Willie Jones and his 1959 record, Fast Choo Choo. Thank you for listening. Today I'm joined by my friend Adam Stanfell. He's a record collector, musician, enthusiast of Detroit history. His music writing has appeared in the Metro Times, Wax Poetics, and most recently in the liner notes of the phenomenal Detroit gospel compilation Sacred Sounds that Adam produced this year with Ace Records in the UK. I've asked him here today to set the stage for Willie Jones. What is it about this artist that you find to be important, especially within the context of what we're trying to do here, which is shine a light on the, the lesser celebrated figures in Detroit music. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Happy to be here. Happy to be hanging out again. One record seems like a very cool concept, and I'm glad to be part of it, so thanks for having me. The thing that brought my attention to Willie Jones was, well, he's got a lot of tremendous parts to his career but i think the overall most impressive thing about his career is the incredible arc of his career he's been doing this professionally for over 60 years he's made countless records or been involved with many that we may never even know uh things that he was just there or assisted with and just been in contact with so many people the really amazing thing about him is is the length of his career and it's also a time frame in the city of Detroit that is incredibly interesting and important even in the United States and world history. So his career spans back to the late 40s. It's a, it's really a tale of two different Detroits. And as Detroit is really on the rebound at this point in time in 2019, he, he's a guy who's really seen Detroit go through a lot of incredible ebbs and flows that are really... Um, dramatic on a, on a national level so i think he's an impressive person to talk to he's a talented musician talented songwriter worked with a lot of people helped to springboard people to real popularity and uh he's got a tale to tell from hastings street uh some of the locations that if you ever hear the jvb recording detroit counts hastings street opera i mean he can actually recall those places that count is talking about 
He played at the Flame Show Bar, and the the alumni list of people who actually played at the Flame Show Bar is rapidly shrinking. It's Detroit's most famous nightclub. Uh, it's an incredible place. It was on John R. And he played there. So that is a real great, crucial piece of Detroit music history. It's where Motown really started to originate. Both the uh, Funk Brothers and Barry Gordy got their start there. Uh, Billy Holiday used to play there. Uh, so he started there. He saw Motown rise and fall. And here he is. Barry Gordy just announced his retirement last weekend. And Willie Jones is getting ready to put out a new record. So he... He was around before Barry, and even as Barry is officially announced his retirement, Willie is as is, is excited as ever. He's touring the world. He's been to England now. He's got new records out. And so he's he's a cool guy. I mean, that's the bottom line. He's cool. You talk to him, he's got a real neat street Argo that, uh, you know, I wish I could incorporate those things into my more nerdy vocabulary. Uh, but he's got tales to tell it. It's like, oh my God, this guy really saw these things. So uh, that's the most impressive thing about him. He's got great songs, great talent, but the time frame that he did these things in is is monumental. Well, my name is Willie Jones, and I've been in this business now for 65 years professionally. Uh, I started with a group called the Royal Jokers, Back in the day, ever since I was a child, I, I always admired singing. I started singing in a in a Baptist church called the New Liberty Baptist Church, and I was in a choir with some of the greatest uh, artists that was out there. Then I didn't know it at the time, but it was Della Reese and Jackie Wilson, Little Willie John. All of them was in this choir, so you know you had to really be up to date to even keep up. It was on, uh, it was on Garfield and Russell, right on the corner, Garfield and Russell. And uh, then after I uh, got really popular singing the spirituals and gospels, I decided I wanted to go uh, travel around the world, so I figured the only way I could do that is to get with a popular group. So I went down and met a lot of fellows that were singing down where my school was. I think I was about maybe 14. And I formed a group called the Five Willows. And we started singing on the different shows and little amateur shows around town. One of the real popular ones was Homer Jones Amateur Hour. And he would do it at a lot of the different local uh, theaters uh, around the city. And we would go and sing at them theaters, and you win money if you win first prize, second prize, like that. So we was out there doing that for a long time. And that's when the Royal Jokers heard about me, and they called me to come in because they was having a lot of problems with a group called Nolan Strong and Diablos, because Nolan had this high tenor voice, and he was just, he was killing it with that tenor voice. Well, you think you've had love So, so they wanted to get a tenor voice, which I sang tenor, and they came and got me. That's how I managed to get into the group, you know. So, yeah, I, I quit school and went. Uh, when I was called into the Royal Jokers, I didn't know anything about their act or what they did, and they was they was really a good act. They just wasn't singers. 
they did all kind of different uh, skits and dialogues and stuff. And when I got with them, I didn't know anything. Okay, so after I got there and, and uh, my manager heard my voice, they wanted to record me, record me as the lead singer. So they took us into Atlantic Recording Company, and I recorded You Tickle Me Baby and Don't Leave Me Fanny. And then I wrote most of all the songs in the, in the first year I was there. I wrote most of all the songs that we recorded. And uh, the biggest songs that hit, I had written them also. Well, you tickle me, baby. My first gig was a thing they called the Chitlin' Circuit with Miles Davis, Bulmos Jackson, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Charlie Ventura. It was a really big show, and we did everything on the bus. Everywhere we went, we rode on the bus there, we slept on the bus, we did everything on the bus. And then in between, between the bus rides, we did the gigs all across country, and then all the way back, which was, that's what it was called, the Chitlin' Circuit at the time. When we went to the first time we went to the Apollo, we started out with a with a song. I think they used to call it Perfidio or something. Anyway, it went doom, 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 like that. And uh, we had shoes, white shoes that glowed in the dark. We had purple suits. Okay, so first of all, the people would see first is us coming out with the shoes glowing in the dark, just tipping. They don't know what it is going to happen. And then they start, when they started the 8 by Blues Shuffle, that's when we started dancing. That's when the shoes just come to life, you know, that kind of thing. We just, uh, everywhere we went, man, we just, just tore everything down. I mean, and once they let us on that show, who was in front of us was in trouble, man. You know, we was just, uh, you know, Frankie Lyman, you know, uh, Frankie Lyman, had, he, Frankie Lyman was cute. So people liked him because he was a little guy and he was cute and all that, you know. But he was a smart ass, you know. He, he used to do a lot of little devilish things. You know, I remember he came and wrote all over our mirror. You know, damn the raw jokers. The raw jokers ain't shit. You know, that kind of thing. And I went down there in his dressing room, man, because I was young like he was. You know, I went down there we were waxing him down there. And his manager came in and my manager came in. My manager was terrifying. He was real tall, had great big ears. And I was his boy, you know, so any time I had any kind of problem, he was he was on top of it. That group was so good, man, to, we did shows down on uh, uh, Davidson, where Davidson and Six Mile Cross, it used to be a, used to be a building right there, it was a country and western bar. And I'm talking about the steel, steel guitars and all that. We get up there with them. It didn't make no difference. We we would we would perform anywhere, man, for real. All they had to do was give us a beat, and we'd be gone. Between 1959 and 1963, Willie Jones wrote and recorded a number of solo records for various labels like Big Top, Mr. Peacock, and Metro. The latter released Fast Choo Choo, backed with Something Happened to My Heart, in December of 1959. The A-Side is a rowdy, unique record that features background vocals from another Detroit group, Bobby Smith and the Dreamgirls. However, it was actually the ballad on the B-Side that briefly got radio play that year, as Willie Jones explains. That's Metro. Is that Fast Choo Choo on there? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, we had another. I had another record called uh, "Something Happened to My Heart." That was the one that took off. It was a slow song, and uh, yeah, flip side. That's it. Something happened in my heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the other side of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So that w- that was the. Blind that's side. the one. That's the one was taken off. Yeah. And he came and woke me up in the middle of the night, man. I mean, three or four o'clock in the morning. Got me out to bed. Willie, we got one, we got one. He was dancing around and hugging me. And I said, man, good, good, you know. So next week he was saying, oh, man, I just fell through. You know, <laughs> you got to be able to take the bitter with the sweet because, you know, this business is like that. And what I think happened was, because, you know, they was going, they was always kind of shady. They was paying people a little bit. And they play this and they play that and do that. And he hadn't paid nobody, so they just dropped it. But once that if that record had hit in New York, you know, as big as New York it is, if it didn't remember hit in New York, I got a hit with all them eight millions and twelve million people there and all that. You know what I'm saying? You know, but uh, didn't happen. Bobby Smith in the Dream Girls. Me and Bobby and them cut cut a couple of things together. As a matter of fact, when I started out with Harry Buck and them, uh, I had a group. It was Willie Jones and the Chimes. They were the Chimes. And then uh, Bobby and them came out with a record. And then they became Bobby Smith and the Dream Girls, you know, and uh, that's how they got on, got on this thing. Well, I went to Georgia, Alabama, too, but my baby had always just gone through. Went out of west to the Lone Star State, but I was always just a little bit late. I wrote the lyrics, and uh, since I'm talking about uh, getting, getting to my girl, I thought I thought about taking a train tour and, and uh, you know, getting her back, so I had to have a train sound, you know. So we come up, you understand me, with the with the train, wow, wow, you know, the train sound and stuff like that, and and uh, then uh, but then I talk about a lot of things around records. I talk about hopped on the back of a camel's back, you know. I'm trying to find my baby, you know, anywhere I can. I got in the plane and went to New York, you know. <laughs> Everything, just uh, the whole idea was just trying to find her, you know what I'm saying? Because she was gone, you know. Then we go and get with a band, and uh, and, and I give, give them a tempo, and then, then they, they started playing it. You know, we sang the song, wow, wow, you know. And, uh, they, and they'd uh, just do, do, do the thing, and Harry Balk being that, you know, he had a little funny way of doing shit. He be in there showing the band what to do. Hit, hit them, hit them, hit them licks right. Do it right. Do that right. You know, like that. Yes, I guess that's the way we did it. See what's good about recording records is it won't have no time period. I mean, you know, somebody could pick it up. It just and now in this day and age with the technology everybody got now, all it takes is, you know, one record to start doing something, then all of them became famous. 
That's how them people record this thing with this. Um, I got a uh, record uh, for you. I'm gonna give you each one of y'all one. They just put it out like two months ago. So I'm still recording. You know, they still believe in me. <laughs> you know. I tell you, you understand me. I think, yeah, I think uh, a lot of reasons why Detroit understand me was Ground Zero is because of the way of life in Detroit was then. You know, when I was 16, man, I was out on Hastings and with all the hoes and the pimps and all that, you know, it'd be all kind of stuff, man. Then you either choose one way or the other to go. You know what I'm saying? So if you just start writing music, you're going to write about some of that stuff you done seen or felt or did or something. And uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the people, you understand me, that I was around, this is how they... How they got their roots and their feelings, you know, about different things, you know. I done been in companies with all kind of people, man, you know, just doing things, you know, and, and that singing takes you there. You know, especially if you got a good show and you can and you can sing, sing will take you to take you where the way you wanna go. You know. At least that's what I believed. That's what kept me going with it. Kept me out of a lot of trouble too. Everybody I grew up with, they either dead. Uh, the independent penitentiary or something, you know. But see, I was kept away from all that because I had to rehearse and when I got through, I was so tired, I'd go to bed. And I wouldn't even worry about going and hitting those streets. Always, I always just missed, you know, I always went to just the wrong way, you know. It was always just like I just, I just missed an opportunity to go where I wanted to go. You know, I always, I always got a lot of accolades and respect and all that wherever I went. But, you know, just to get that one chance to be way where you had to be at the right time, you know, it just never happened. You know what I'm saying? So, and I used to wonder, I say. You know, I don't understand why God got me out living everybody and, you know, and I, and I can't really, you know, go out there and do. And most of the people that followed me and looked at me was musicians like the Contours and the Temptations and all of those people. They went on with big records, got famous. And I used to say, well, I said, how can they pass me? You know what I'm saying? But then I thought about it, I said, Everybody that Barry got, and Barry used to chase me. And when I come, anytime I come to town, he'd be after me, Willie, come on, man. Uh, I, man, I'm finna get rich, Willie. He said, come on. So I said, I said, Barry, give me your number, man. I said, I'll call you. Now, I, I wasn't finna go with Barry. Now, even though he got what he got afterwards, but I was with Atlantic. You understand? Atlantic was one of the hottest labels out there then, you know. So I wasn't finna lead him to go with him to follow a dream of his, mm -hmm. you know. And that's the last time that I saw him. Uh, I think that was in 1958. And uh, he uh, he probably think I'm dead or something now. You know, he you know he ain't saw me in so long. You know, but I'm just saying how how you can come close to certain things and you still don't never get there. And then I feel bad. But then you know I start thinking. I said, you know, everybody that got with Barry. Just about everybody, they did. 
Very few. So then I started thinking different. You know, I said, you know, I said, being, being old ain't so bad. I said, because what it is, after you get a certain age, people don't expect you to be able to do the things that, that, you, that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like them people up there in, in England. You know, they, they still can't believe it. You know, you know, it felt, just, just felt good. I, I almost forgot myself up there. Treating me like Michael Jackson shit. <laughs> I felt like doing the moonwalk or something, you know, the way it was going on. And then they're singing all my songs. They were singing along with me, the whole audience singing the songs. saw a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in my time, baby. How many years do you count being in the music industry now? Me? About 65. I started, I started when I was, when I was, uh, I guess maybe around 16. I'm 83 now. Wow. This is Willie Jones, and my record is Fast Choo Choo. Oh, well, I hopped on top of a camel's back. Find a climb a baby up the railroad track. Just on the top of a fast jet plane, but I couldn't see my baby cause it started to rain. Alabama too But my baby had always just gone through Went out of west to the Lone Star State But I was always just a little bit late This episode of One Record featured the following songs. Hard Times and You Tickle Me Baby by the Royal Jokers, 
Daddy Rockin' Strong by Nolan Strong and the Diablos, Something Happened to My Heart, Where's My Money, and Fast Choo Choo by Willie Jones. Special thanks to Mr. Jones for his participation. Thanks to Adam Stanfell for all of his contributions to this episode. Thanks to Tom DuCristofaro for selling me my copy of this record. And thank you for listening to the first episode of One Record. You can find out more about our project at onerecordproject.com or at onerecordproject on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us for more great stories of Detroit music. I was talking to my wife today and I was saying, you see what I mean, honey? Records, uh, it's no time thing on records. You know, record, if whoever start liking it, you understand me, is that's the beginning of it. You know, like Fast Choo Choo. That's one of the records I never think about. You know, because I mean, I got uh, Where's My Money and, and all the other stuff to deal with the jokers and all that, but not Fast Choo Choo. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but I'm glad y'all did. Yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody else do. <laughs>